Has anyone ever seen Manos, The Hands of Fate outside of the context of MST3K? No. I mean, I only know about it in that context. And I've never Same. even seen the MST3K episode. Or what? at least not. I don't think I've seen it all the way through. I, like, I, I don't have a memory of seeing it all the way through. I've probably just seen clips of it. Welcome to Rework, a podcast by Basecamp about the better way to work and run your business. I'm Sean Hildner. And I'm Waylon Wong. We're in the middle of a mini-series about Hey, Basecamp's new email service that was launched in mid-June. So far, we've covered the philosophy behind Hey, the two-year process of designing the product, and some behind-the-scenes work to create a robust demo account for marketing and customer support. And we're working on a big retrospective episode about the launch and fight with Apple over the Hey iOS app. So stay tuned for that. But first, on today's show, we have marketing designer and all-around incredible human being, Adam Stoddard. He's designed the wonderful Basecamp.com and, of course, our very own Rework.fm. And he's also responsible for the look of Hey.com, which started as this little teaser page and is now a full-blown marketing site with a detailed tour of the product, FAQs, a manifesto about email. And he did this all as a department of one, working with our CEO, Jason Free. During this interview, Adam talks a lot about the visual design of Hey.com. So if you want to follow along, just simply go to Hey.com and check out all the little things he's talking about. And now here's Waylon's conversation with Adam. I'm Adam Stoddard, and I am a designer at Basecamp. Where do you even start with a brand exploration, like the one you had to do for Hey? I mean, at the time you started, did you even know it was going to be called Hey? No. I mean, it was um, all the original concepts were still dealing with Haystack. So there, there was a whole round, multiple rounds of Haystack brands that are in the digital dumpster at this point. And was this because we were feeling iffy about whether or not we'd be able to get Hey.com so we were working with Haystack? Or was Haystack the original idea for the name? It was the original idea for the name because that was a domain that they owned. We owned Haystack? Yeah. I don't know why. I have no knowledge about that that piece of lore. I think it was because of the old, never-released app that was also called Haystack. Uh, but yeah, but it was Haystack for for a good long while. But a lot of those original versions were more about kind of feeling out the themes that we wanted to hit than the kind of specific look and feel and implementation. Getting pieces of copy together, you know, like the uh, screen your emails, like you screen your calls, or kind of contrasting the time period that uh, email was designed in and what using email was like at that point in time versus today. A lot of a lot of those original rounds were more kind of honing in on those ideas. So some of those principles, these first principles of email that are in the finished product, such as the screener, for example, those were around early enough that you had something to kind of hang your hat on and start thinking about how that might translate visually? Yeah, I mean, and we always wanted to really have this be more about messaging specifically and not like get into a lot of heavy visuals. It was so strong that uh, it could stand uh, on its own uh, for the most part without having to really wrap a lot of visuals around it to try to make it uh, more appealing. 
And so when you say we, is it really just a very collaborative process between you and Jason where he's riffing on copy and you're talking through some ideas and and then you take those ideas and, and try to make them into something visual? For the most part, the, the division of labor is he copywriting and me um, doing all the uh, graphic design and development of the website. But sometimes that would flip around a little bit, especially like like the the current How It Works page is a good example where um, I'll basically frame out the in, the entire page and make sure everything is uh, copy fit kind of as I'm building the page. And then he came back through and rewrote it into his voice. When you and Jason are talking about ideas, do you throw out terms for emotions and feelings that you might want to start building some things around or what's kind of like the different sets of vocabulary that you're able to use to communicate how things are shaping up? We don't really talk about feel of entire pages in that way. We do in terms of copy. But when we're talking about elements of graphic design, it's usually more tactical than that. I mostly am trying to translate the the tone of the copy into the feel. We just kind of go from there. But something that was um, a running thread throughout this project is, uh, and this is something that I've had been exploring in the Basecamp redesign, is um, really trying to come at developing the the brand for Hay in a little bit of a different way than I think a lot of people who do brand development are thinking about it, where they're they're more or less thinking about it on aesthetic terms and the general feel of it. And like those are obviously very good things to consider. But I also wanted to make sure that it reflected other requirements that we have, like the fact that basically all of this has to be produced by one person. And that, you know, we generally build very lightweight websites. And so I wanted to be able to develop a brand and and these kind of graphic elements that I know are going to be super fast for me to produce. They're going to translate into very, very tiny web graphics. The kind of kaleidoscopic blobs are a good example. Those are really suitable as uh, vector graphics on the web where if like I was just doing an image, they'd be massive and huge. So it, it's it's really kind of taking this like broader perspective than just the aesthetics of a brand and kind of making sure it hits all these other points too. Um, and that's kind of a, a, a benefit of how we work as designers here, you know, coming at it from this kind of integrated perspective that we have as you know both visual designers and front-end developers as well. Is it pretty unique and different from the way some of your other jobs have been? Definitely, um, you know, because it's more common to split up all of all of those domains. You would have someone who's doing branding, and you have someone who's doing web design or product design, and you have someone else who's doing front end development, and you have someone else who's doing copywriting, and so a lot of those things that kind of straddle the fence of those concerns kind of get lost in the mix. So, you know, someone who's designing a brand, I guarantee you is not thinking about how that's going to translate to how many kilobytes you're sending over the wire. That's literally not their, that's not their job. That's not their area of expertise. 
How did we settle on, I say we as if I had anything to do with it. Um, how did you <laughs> and or Jason settle on the idea of the hand or hands as a dominant visual motif? Uh, as we've done with many other projects, um, usually we'll do a call for ideas. Um, we did this with the book. Um, we did this with the both the Haystack and the Hay uh, logos. And the hand, um, if I remember correctly, that was something... Uh, Ryan had mentioned, it's pretty obvious, the connection with a waving hand to the, to the name A, which is a good thing. You know, I, I think it's a generally not a good idea for logos to get too clever. I have, I have a kid, and so he watches a lot of Pixar movies, which means I watch a lot of Pixar movies. Uh, and there's a, a great behind the scenes about the Toy Story Tower of Terror short video, where they're talking about this little scene at the beginning where like a graveyard and a black and white scene, like the, you know, the old Dracula movie. And they're talking about uh, like finding all these different rubber bats and finding just the one that has like the right level of floppiness and, and weirdness in, in like just the, the perfectly wrong way. And I, I feel like it was a very, very similar kind of thing. Just trying to find the, just this right shape where it feels like like the the hand is in motion and it doesn't feel too polished, but it also it is a logo and it you know it does have polish. Uh, I use uh, Procreate iPad app with an Apple Pencil, and in in like a very quick, fluid stroke, would draw this shape. Like I have hundreds of them, just to find like that one. There was a lot of hands. Uh, being drawn at that at that period in time, uh, and that was also extended to some of the branding. Where, uh, as you know, there's this kind of collection of all these wire shapes, kind of like you know when you're in like kindergarten or first grade. That's like one of your drawing assignments is to to draw pictures without picking up your pencil. That constraint was um, one that we ran with to give a unique identity to all these drawings. So they're not just this like random little line drawing. So that was a nice way to add a nice bit of uniqueness, some style, which is challenging to do when it, it's literally just a, you know, a single stroke at a single width. When you look back now at all of the hands you drew, you know, hundreds of hands, was the final hand in the middle of the bunch or was it one of the last ones you drew? Do you remember? It was somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it did not get better with time. <laughs> <with laughs> yeah, because this is this is the funny thing, and this is not the first time I've had this kind of experience. Uh, lettering the the their last book was kind of a similar thing, where like I have absolutely atrocious handwriting, and similarly, I I cannot draw an anatomically correct hand to save my life. So it's uh, it was very interesting to me that this is the thing that I, that I end up doing here. And so how many different hands do we have across Hay? You have the main hand, and then on the website, you have the kind of peace sign hand, right? Yeah, and there's a, there's a couple different ones throughout the app. There's, there's another one on the homepage. It's like this very long pointer one. I, I have one with like an, ex- an exceptionally long pointer finger that I'm f- still trying to find uh, a good use for. It's interesting. It's really easy to kind of go overboard with them. You basically have to keep them completely away from the logo. Otherwise, you're just kind of undermining it. 
And then the logo itself is a whole other exploration, right? Yeah, and that was actually um, quite a challenge, especially once we decided to go all uppercase with hey in in our own internal style guide um, because the the particular nature of a capital E and a capital Y, the Y, the top left corner of that Y and the top right corner of that E jam up together. To deal with that, you either have to uh, space them further apart, in which case the, the bottom area of those two letters look like they're very, very far apart and it looks bad, or you jam them together and it also <laughs> looks bad. I was trying to deal with that problem in different ways where just like the letters are just kind of overlapping in a different way. And it, yeah, there, there was a, there was a lot of variations of it and it was, that was, uh, that was annoying. That was, that was actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even saying that was an enjoyable experience. That was just a kind of a, a frustrating challenge. It's all an integrated unit right now where the, the H E Y are just kind of blended into a singular shape. Uh, that was that was a direct result of that problem. And can you remind me when the teaser page went up? Was the logo on the teaser page, or were we not even revealing the look and the name of it yet? No, it was just the hand at that point. Because the rest of the logo wasn't locked down. It was just the little the little hand, and it did a little wave when you hovered over it. So then, that was the debut then of the hand and all this work you had done on the image was that teaser page. Yeah, it was a very very small, simple website to start. And that's by design, right? I mean, I think one theme I'm hearing from you a lot in our conversation is that it's very uh, copy-driven, it's very writing-driven in terms of all the information we want to convey about Hey and what it does. And so, I mean, that teaser page was actually like a pretty long letter from Jason. So it kind of really rewarded you when you got to the end of it and then if you wanted to sign up for an email. But there wasn't a lot to it visually, right? It's like, just text on a on a pretty simple page. There was a big try it piece of text that had this a very colorful background pattern in it. Yeah, a very uh, you know kind of kind of nineties looking uh, colorway. Something I've wanted I've I've been kind of working into hay, and that was this is that's a, a really good example of this is this this kind of um, almost like the beginning of Wizard of Oz when it's still black and white and Dorothy opens the door and it's color you're in this very kind of minimal environment and you're, you're kind of like color starved a little bit when you, when you first hit that page and then you scroll down to this bottom piece and it's just like, you know, color. Uh, and it, and it makes this like small thing, this small placement feel much more powerful because it's, it's a cup of water in the desert, if you will. Uh, and so, and that's something that's kind of worked throughout is this is juxtaposing these two things, this very kind of clean and simple layout with these uh, very kind of frenetic, energetic, colorful, freeform shapes. You know, this is possibly, probably a reaction to working on Basecamp for a while now, which is a little more restrictive and muted. Uh, in terms of colors, you know, we 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 all have opinions about Basecamp beige. I'm actually pro beige, but uh, but regardless, it's not a you know it's not a particularly vibrant color palette. So I wanted to really inject some life into Hayes brand, not necessarily a lot of color all over the place, but kind of juxtaposing this very very clean layout that's very text driven against these 
very, very, very rich kaleidoscopic little uh, pieces of of color. Um, and it didn't quite start away like the that that kind of blobby pebble, whatever you want to call it, motif has been around since some of the early concepts, but the colorful gradient versions was kind of a later addition to align a little bit better what with, with what was going on in the app at that point in time. And a lot of that style actually comes, you know, was very directly inspired by, and, and this goes for both kind of the wiry shapes too. Um, a lot of the work, the graphic design work that Charles and Ray Ames did um, where it had the this very playful quality to it, whereas a lot of just these freeform shapes and uh, loose hand-drawn illustrations, uh, it's a really effective style, especially, again, for our particular scenario where it's a department of one to do all this work. And there there's not a realistic situation in which we like spend multiple weeks working on like one perfect illustration for something. Was there a lot of exploration of how to display the text, especially for uh, kind of the explanation, like the manifesto of like what hay is and stuff like that on the on the main page? Was there a lot of exploration of how to display that information in a way that would be not overwhelming and like visually appealing, but also really take the time to explain what this is about? We We really spent a lot of time on the the feature section i feel like that's where both of us ended up spending quite a bit of time breaking out these what is it 20 or so kind of distinctive features and or problems that hay solves compared to traditional email but even even just kind of the the format of it you know it's very common right now to have especially like on your homepage it's just this like forever scrolling page of stuff that you scroll down um, and we wanted to make make something that's a little more bite sized. You have this the 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 problem that that he is addressing uh, this video that uh, in sub twenty seconds shows you exactly how that interaction works, and then a couple FAQs about it. And you know, one of the unique things about an email application is um, you know you're you're mostly looking at text, so a static screenshot isn't really compelling. And, and it really doesn't put hay in its best light. Like there's a lot of really, really nice interactions in hay. And so these these little videos show those off in a in a much more flattering way than if we had just, you know, put some static screenshot in there. What's the interplay between the visual look of the app itself and what you're doing on the marketing side? Are there kind of bits of ideas and things that end up kind of like flowing back and forth and giving you some new ideas or you f- you're feeding some ideas to, let's say, Jonas as he's designing the overall look of the app? Yeah, it's definitely flowed both directions at times. There, there was a point at which I was working on some of the marketing site stuff it had more of a literary feel. You know, it was still using a uh, a serif font. It looked the colors were on the warmer side, had a little more of a vintage vibe to it. And then we decided to kind of align it with the app at that point in time. And so I pulled in some of the colors that they were using, tweaked them a little more, switched to a sans serif font, and then you know down the road like 
the colors I ended up changing got pushed back into the app. A lot of the blobby things started getting pushed into the app. And, and, and even before, like way back when I had done some, some concept work, I had um, worked in a bunch of these gradients into things that continued to stick around, you know, to this day uh, as a general motif in the app of just of using these kind of gradient backgrounds on well on buttons on like the um the hey menu itself where it has this kind of you know blue to purple gradient um so yeah there's there's definitely been a a lot of kind of cross-pollination of the various ideas there this is probably the most integrated aesthetic we've done this priority that we put on having our apps and our web pages and everything be very lightweight, do you find that to be a really nice constraint? I love constraints. Uh, I think they breed an enormous amount of creativity to, to a large degree. That is a self-imposed constraint anyway. Jason or David are not coming by and saying, Adam, make, make this website smaller. That's a thing that I've been pushing as a constraint on myself. I just always find it fascinating how uh, constraints can produce interesting outcomes that you wouldn't have if you were um, not enforcing them on yourself. There's a a band I like called The Ravenettes, and one of their albums it's like entirely composed of like two chords. So, and it's just this really interesting thing, and I that that's always stuck out to me. Uh, as just kind of an interesting thing to explore of like how how creative you can be in these what otherwise might seem like very limited boxes but but they're really not when you when you kind of put your mind to it rework is produced by Waylon wong and me sean hildner music for the show is by clip art you can find show notes and transcripts for our episodes at rework.fm we're on Twitter at Rework Podcast. If you want to try out Hey for yourself, we fully open signups and you don't need an invite code to get in. So just go to hey.com to get started. Hey.